Good morning and welcome. Good morning and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Daniel Leach, and this is the Anti Illuminati Party Radio. Uh today we have a special guest with us. His name is Eric Jones, and he's gonna be talking about uh homeless and victim support advocate Tammy Shroud, who is currently being victimized by your local police department. Eric, are you there? I am here, Daniel. Hey, great, Eric. Um, How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Daniel. Am I coming through all right? Yeah, Eric, coming through just fine. I just want to apologize to our audience here for the delayed uh, sound feed. I just was having some technical difficulties, but if you uh, just hang in, we have a special report for you. And here's Eric of the Courtroom Observation Network to give you the lowdown and the information. How's it going, y'all? Thanks for hanging in there. This is a really important show because uh, if anybody has ever been victimized by the local, county, or state police um, and or the Wishes Court, uh, then they're going to be fully understanding of what's happening to Miss Tammy Stroud in Connecticut. This case, uh, first of all, my name is Eric Hughes Jones. I write it under the name Eric Hughes. So a few people who want to go to the uh, National Liberty Alliance .org. That's the National Liberty Alliance .org, and uh, go to the committees, and you'll see Quorum Observers Group under committees. And the Quorum Observers is a group of people that formed with the help of Daniel Leach uh, a few years back, with uh, you know people just backing each other up when they had to go to court. Nobody wants to go alone. Nobody wants to spend five hundred dollars or five thousand dollars hiring a lawyer who's basically going to work for the court, and they're going to sell you down the river and make sure you just do. A little bit of jail time instead of a lot of jail time, but they'll never want to get you off because the court doesn't make any money getting people off, and neither does American Prison Corporation, one of the largest donors to the people who make the laws that we live under. So, oh, by the way, did everybody hear the good news in New York? Speaking of laws that we live under and people who put unlawful laws onto us, in other words, things that are legal that come out of uh, Albany and Washington aren't necessarily lawful. The law is the ultimate law of the land, starting with biblical and then through the Constitution with the Magna Carta and the Bill of Rights and everything that goes along with that. Um, But uh, we have uh, the lawmakers, the two chief lawmakers in New York State, Sheldon Silver was the chief lawmaker in the Democrat Party, and Dean Skelos, the chief lawmaker in the Republican Party, is in the New York State Senate. They're both going to be going to prison. They've been indicted, and there's so many counts against them, it boggles the mind to read the indictment. But it looks like both lawmakers of New York State are going to be going to prison, and they actually were going to try to run the government from prison, if you can believe that one. And as long as the people are willing to take this garbage, they'll be slaves. So hopefully people will get active and start to care and then actually start to do something about their caring. And that's how the court of observers came up. You know, you see a lot of atrocities. What do you do? Start with the court. Because I'll tell people this, we do not have three separate and equal branches of government. We have the legislature and the executive running a charade, a reality show, a farce, 
And ultimately, all the power is in the witch's court. Where did the election get decided on the hanging chad in Florida between Bush and Gore? The court decided that. How about California, where they said, no gay marriage, please, thank you anyway? And the court, one judge, one judge comes in in a black robe, dressed up like a Satanist, and says, sorry, you're going to have gay marriage, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go down that road now. Now, remember, people, only two groups of people wear black robes, judges and Satanists. And it's not by accident that that happened. Now, there are a few misguided pastors and preachers out there who think that wearing a black robe is something that you want to do as a Christian, but that's kind of a, um, well, let's just say that's a big no-no. Wouldn't you agree, Daniel? I'm going to take that as a yes and continue with my presentation. We have a case here that I came across as the director of the Quorum Observers uh, of the National Liberty Alliance, uh, Ms. Tammy Stroud. Daniel. People, um, I don't understand what's happening here. Um, oh, I do. So I just uh, want to apologize for this, and uh, I'm going to try. Daniel? What's through? Eric, are you there? Hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. Is anybody there? All right, guys. For some reason, we're having some serious technical difficulties here. I don't, uh, I don't understand what's going on, but. Uh, Obviously, the boogeyman's playing games with us today. Eric, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, Eric. Can you get into the meat of the program here so that we can get this information out to our listeners? Um, I'd love to hear about the New York State scumbags, but I think we'd rather get the information out about Tammy here. Well, absolutely. So, anyway... um, Tammy Stroud moved from Tennessee to Connecticut. She didn't switch her license over fast enough. They, stood, they stole her car at a traffic stop and wanted to fix the state police of Connecticut, who are the worst in the nation, the, the absolute worst Nazis you could ever come across. Literally, they're, they're command and control communists is what they are. And they, they took her car at a traffic stop because she hadn't switched her license over from Tennessee to Connecticut. She moved to Connecticut to take care of an adult disabled brother who's, you know, up in his years, but he's, you know, got the mental capacity of a child, so she wanted to be closer to him. Didn't switch her license over. They took her car at a traffic stop. They wanted $6,000 to get it back. So uh, 
she couldn't afford that, and now she's been walking to work for the last seven years since they took her car. So now she gets pulled over for walking down the side of the road in a perfectly safe fashion. The cops just pull up and start hassling her, took her in for another infraction. She didn't have a license on her. Now, they were asking her to produce a driver's license for walking down the side of the road. You get that, folks? We took her in. Of course, she didn't want to get fingerprinted, so there was another charge. Anyway, she has to go up in front of an appearance tomorrow. There'll probably be a trial pending. Now, uh, during one during her original incident, she was forced to post $2,500 bail, and while she was coming out of the jail, this is back when they first stole her car about six years ago, she was forced into a van leaving the leaving the after posting bail, and taken in a van against her will to a psychiatric ward where she was left for six months. The court ignored the habeas corpus. So the second one was filed, and finally they had to release her. Now, this is a perfectly sane, normal, very nice woman. She works at the soup kitchen feeding the hungry people. She fixes up the community and works on all these community repair projects and paints the boardwalk. And she's a victim victim's advocate. She works with people who've been victims of crime. She's a real. She's a. She's an angel. She's never done a dirty thing in her life. She's a God-fearing woman, and the state of Connecticut is abusing her because they don't like private individuals who help the poor and help the needy. They want the government to do it. So she's in the crosshairs of persecution. I'm hoping people can help her out. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull up some numbers here because they are on my text on my phone, and I'm going to share them with your listeners and just ask that people call and ask two questions. A, will you please? Send, and everybody can ask this. Just send, just have the court email a transcript of the audio recording from Tammy Stroud's previous appearances, and her name is spelled, spelled S T R O U D. First name Tammy, and all they really need is her name. And this case is becoming very popular. So uh, as for the audio recording of her appearances, because they don't want to release it, they were committing fraud and want to hide the recording. Must if enough people call, they will. And the second thing is write the state police investigation report. Uh, not contain signature of an investigator or his supervisor as required on the form. It says signature of investigator and signature of supervisor. The sergeant, either investigator uh, Fahey nor supervisor Juhola, uh, the sergeant at the state police, uh, were willing to sign the investigation report that they filled out. Now, why is that? Why are they having a computer print out in all capital letters, which represents those troopers as a corporation, not a person, and where it says the undersigned and signature, there is none. Now, I looked at the definition of signature, and it says the name of a person as written by himself or herself. A computer facsimile does not qualify. So, based on that fraudulent and facious, called facially insufficient, a document that does not meet the standards to take the trial is, is called facially insufficient fraudulent because the attorney and the public defender are both prosecuting this case on a fraudulent document. So I would like to share some numbers, pull, pull them up here. And these would be some numbers of the Connecticut government, and we will get right to this here. Here we go. Now, the two attorneys that are prosecuting and to take a fraudulent document to file are named
Michael there, Kennedy. I am. The, okay. state, the state attorney is named Michael Kennedy. His number is 860-443-8444. That's 860-843. Hold on. I just got to pull this up again. I got a little... Boy, we're Daniel, just by the way, uh, what we were talking about before caused the government to drop our call not once but four times when I tried to call back. That was the delay that you've been hearing on this show, people. So just to go show you how important that information is to get out there about Dean Skeleton, Sheldon Silver in New York, the chief lawmakers putting forth laws from prison and expecting the police to enforce their corrupt laws on us. I thought that was ironic. So, But it proves that we're right on target. They're cutting off our calls and interfering with this blog talk radio broadcast, and that's a crime in and of itself that we'll address later. But it shows you how valuable and important this information is that they don't want it to get out there. The state attorney, the state attorney for Connecticut, who is unlawfully prosecuting Tammy Stroud on a fraudulent criminal investigation report with no signature from the investigator or his sergeant supervisor as required, and it's Michael Kennedy, 860 Four four three eight four four four. That's eight six zero four four three eight four four four. And get involved and speak to the attorney and ask them why 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 are they not releasing the audio transcripts? And could they please send you a copy? Wherever you are, you you're entitled to one. You can be anywhere in the world and ask for that. Uh, and. Why are they prosecuting with a document that has no signature from the investigator or his supervisor sergeant? The other attorney from the state that is prosecuting this is Thomas Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, first name Thomas. His number is 860-889-5284. That's 5284, and it's really important that people call him. Now, this case was because she was unlawfully incarcerated in a psychiatric ward. Uh, there, there's an enormous amount of liability on the part of the government, and they've transferred this case from GA, which stands for Geographical Area. Connecticut has no more counties, by the way. Does anybody know that? Connecticut got rid of their counties, and there's county sheriff. And all you have are state police and geographical areas. And this case for Tammy Stroud was transferred from geographical area 10 to geographical area 21 and, and given a new docket number, two docket numbers for the same case. That's how scared they are of the criminal actions they're committing. We need to call them on it, and they need to get hundreds of calls from around the country. Sheriff Jim Tracy of Utah County, Utah, in the Stephen Dean case that we activated on, said hundreds of calls were coming into his office just on that case, and he's attempting to return all the calls. So I thought that was kudos to Constitutional Sheriff Jim Tracy. He's also talking about having the FBI agent arrested uh, in the Stephen Dean case who set up Stephen Dean, and that's a whole other matter we can get back to. But once again, the National Liberty Alliance.org Courtroom Observers Committee has all the information on Stephen Dean and this case for Tammy Stroud. So if you miss any info on this radio program, go to the National Liberty Alliance.org, go to the Courtroom Observers Committee, and you know, all this information is there. 
But um, to finish up, uh, I'll give you uh, the rest of the information here. We have two, so we have two attorneys, one from Geographical Area 10, Michael Kennedy, and another from Geographical Area 21, Thomas Griffin. By the way, ask them how they found the authority to get rid of counties and install geographical areas. So anyway, the judge in this matter, and he needs to call as well, is Timothy Bates. That's Tim, Timothy Bates. B-A-T-E-S, and Judge Bates' number is 860-889-7338. That's 860-889-7338. Now, these phone calls help people. They really do. I'm going to give you one last number because I'm going to tell you where the hidden hand, the real shadow government, the person who really pulls the strings of the court, is who that is, and it's Vicar General. For Connecticut, every state or city has one, and the name of the vicar, that's V-I-C-A-R, next word, general. Note the use of the military term general, and look it up in the dictionary if you doubt it, okay? Or go online to the diocese of your city and see who the vicar general is in your town or state. And in Connecticut, Hartford, it is Stephen Boguslawski. That's Stephen Boguslawski, and I kid you not that his last name is P-O-G-U-S-L-A-W-S-K-I, Boguslawski, and the first five letters of his name are Bogus. I kid you not, and that cannot be by accident. He needs a call as well because one call from Stephen Boguslawski would put an end to all the tyranny in Hartford, Connecticut, including Tammy Sprout. So his number is 860 Four one six four nine one. That's eight six zero five four one six four nine one. And he needs to hear from it as well because he's the real power behind all this stuff. It's not normal for a country that was founded on freedom to all of a sudden go down into this absolute communist tyrannical cesspool that we're going into with troopers stealing a woman's car because the license didn't get switched over and demanding $6,000 to get it back, knowing the car was only worth half that much and she was never going to be able to get it out. She's walking to work for seven years and won't take any public assistance because she's a God-loving woman who wants to get out of the hole on her own. And we need to help her do it by putting pressure on the state police, the state attorney, and the witness court of Judge So people, please get involved. Go to the nationallibertyalliance.org for more information. Put your cursor on committees up on the blue bar. And then you'll see a courtroom observers group. And get involved. Join the NLA, which is the National Liberty Alliance. Become a courtroom observer. And once you join the group, you can post on the bulletin board and get your information out there as well. If you have a document you're filing with the court, file it on the courtroom observers bulletin board because a lot of times the court will remove and delete documents from the record that they don't agree with. The only thing that holds their feet to the fire is public pressure and courtroom observers. So get involved with the quorum observers of the National Liberty Alliance and their safety in numbers. So I encourage people to get involved. And, Daniel, back to you. Well, you know, I'm just uh, glad we have the opportunity here to, you know, to do this broadcast today. Um, I want to invite you uh, today as well later also rebroadcast this on our second uh, sister channel. Um, Thank you. I do have... 
I had something um, planned for this afternoon, but uh, I think that this story deserves a little more attention than having a, a broadcast that was technical difficulty to the max. Uh, this normally does not happen with our program. Um, for the most part, yeah, you know, it shows, I have it shows that we're yeah. right on the mark. We're right on the mark. We're right on target. We're doing exact. We're right. We're, we're looking at. We're we got our sights right where they should be, low and high. Your sights are low at the prosecutor level and the state police henchmen. They all need to be told that their their documents, their investigation reports. Hello, sergeant. It needs to have your signature. And the definition of signature is a written name by a person, written by himself or herself. It is not a computer printout. It is not something that can be done by your wife or your landscaper or Ronald McDonald. You have to sign the investigation report if you're going to swear out the report, and they have not done that in the Tammy Stout case, and they're not doing it anywhere else across the country. By the way, in the Stephen Dean case in Utah, there was no signature from a judge on the arrest warrant that the FBI executed. That means that's a fraudulent document, and they're doing it all over the country. So... Hold their feet to the fire on the warrants. There needs to be a signature from a judge on a warrant. There needs to be a signature from an investigator on a report. Period. Not a computer printout that says their name. Their signed signature. The reason they're not doing it is because they know they're committing criminal acts under the Constitution and under common law, and they don't want to be held liable. They want to enter as a corporation with when you have a computer print your name out in all capital letters, that's what you are calling yourself a corporation, a proper name of a living man or a living woman is written with the capital letter only on the first initial of your first, middle, and last name. The rest of the letters are small, like you would normally write your name. You don't write it in all capital letters unless you are claiming a trust or someone else is claiming, claiming ownership over you. Look at your phone bill, people. Look at your electric bill. Look at everything you get. And your name is in all capital letters. It should not be. All you have to do is go down to your county clerk's office and file a certificate of trade named title, and you bring your name as it properly should be, and for $5, you've now laid claim to your trust name in all capital letters that the court uses to lay, to lay claim over you as a trust, not a human being, and that's why the judge is always looking down at the paper, never looking at you when you come to court. So the first thing you want to say when you walk into court is, sir, since you're not looking at me as a man or a woman, and you're looking down at my trust in all capital letters, may I please see the documents that you're looking at so I may answer your questions truthfully? And that's all you need to start off with. Once again, sir, since you are not looking at me as a living man or woman, and you are looking down at my trust in all capital letters, because the judge is going to say, are you so-and-so? Are you Daniel Leach? Are you Eric Hughes? That's the first thing they say. And you want to I want to answer that and lock yourself into a name. You want to say, well, they call me Eric, but, sir, since you're not looking at me as a living man, you're looking down at my trust in all caps. Can I please see that document you're looking at so I can answer all your questions truthfully? And that'll make them squirm because they don't want to let you see that document of trust that is what you are when you walk into their court. And that's why you have no rights when you walk into their court. Your constitution doesn't matter. You are a corporate entity. You are a financial instrument. You are a trust in all capital letters. You have to, you have to, put, you have to put an argument against that trust, not only in a certificate of trade name title registration with your county clerk, but also dispute it when you get to court nicely. Don't make any threats when you make your phone calls. Don't get licking in court. 
but be professional, and once you're well-spoken, you'll have them between a rock and a hard spot, and they won't even want to pull you over. So I'll turn it back to you, Daniel, and if you uh, need any more information, I'll be happy to share that with your uh, with your listeners. I would encourage people, once again, to National Liberty Alliance.org. Put your cursor on committees up on the blue bar. It'll say committee heading, and then you'll see courtroom observers. And the courtroom observers is where all the action is. So get involved, and once you join the group, you can post on the bullet board. And there's some awesome stuff up there. I encourage people to go look, read, and watch everything that's on the courtroom observers bulletin board. There's some good stuff up there. Back to you, Daniel. Well, um, Eric, I just want to say, hey, man, I appreciate all the work you're doing. And after oh, this, well. um, it's you know, it's it's definitely good to know that we have people out there that are actually involved that are really caring more about their self-indulgences, like most apathetic Americans that are willfully ignorant. And um, so it's an honor for us to have you on our program and uh, just uh, support what you're doing with the courtroom observations as well as, you know, the National Precinct. Um, is it the Precinct? Our National, no, Liberty, called, the, National Liberty Alliance, right? There we go. Yep, that's correct, Daniel. It's called the National Liberty Alliance.org now. .org. Um, and I would encourage people when we, do not underestimate the power of you calling from out of state. Doesn't matter. You don't have to live in Connecticut. You think the most powerful calls are the ones that come from Alaska and Hawaii and California. They're far away. The court is not used to people calling in in regard to a specific case. They want you to call your congressman and your senator. That's a scam. That's a bunch of baloney. The power is in the court, the high sheriff of your county, and the court clerk. The sheriff is the one that controls the courthouse, and, and, and the vicar general controls the judges. And the court clerk sits on the title to your house and gives you a deed, so long as you pay rent and property taxes. And she holds the pistol permit scam, which you shouldn't have to have any permit, any permits on infringement, open carry nationwide. The Supreme Court's already ruled. None of the gun guys want you to know that. So uh, the the right exercise is the right not uh, possessed. So exercise your right and use your social media people, your Facebook, your Twitter, to help out these people that need phone calls. They need the phone calls. The phone calls help. The sheriff of Utah was very impressed and astounded at how many people called in the Stephen Dean case. Oh, in this Florida case for Walter Sullivan in Tampa, Florida, Walter was arrested for filming a sheriff's roadblock from over 25 feet away. Uh, Walter, two days before his trial, sends me a text saying he's about to go to jail and he's selling all his furniture and, you know, is there anything we can do? And I'm like, well, it's a little late two days' notice before trial, but we'll see what we can do. So we organized a phone campaign to the state attorney's office in Tampa uh, telling them that you can't arrest somebody for lawfully filming the police in public. We have not only court precedent, but by the way, Mr. Prosecutor, your Florida statute that claims you can prosecute a man for a crime or a woman for a crime with a prosecutor's information, what they call it, uh, that does not supersede the supremacy clause of the United States Constitution. And we have to hold their feet to the fire with, with statements like that. And we let them know. We know you're committing criminal acts. The supremacy clause of the Constitution trumps your state statute and your state law, legal stuff that comes out of the 
you know, the Miami or Tampa, wherever the capital of the Florida state legislature, that's all secondary. So anyway, Walter Sullivan was told by his lawyer, the public defender, that the judge told the public defender to tell your client he's going to get the maximum sentence of 361 days in jail. That's a year. First offense, they wouldn't give Walter traffic, uh, first diversion there in court. They usually, if it's a nonviolent crime, they usually put you off to a different court and, you know, they give you that break. They didn't do that with Walter. Uh, they took him right to the criminal trial. And he was told by the judge and the public defender that he'd be getting the maximum sentence if he was found guilty by the jury. And he'd be going straight to jail the day of trial. He wouldn't be able to go home, get his affairs in order, and come back for sentencing and then go to jail. So he was selling all his stuff the two days before trial. And guess what the court of observers phone blitz did? We got, we went to trial. He was found guilty. And the judge gave him a $500 fine and no probation. Bye-bye. Pay us the $500 later. Now, that's a far cry from what the deal he was being offered by his lawyer, which was a year in jail for sure if you're found guilty. We got him off. $500 fine, no probation. They never do that. They always keep you in the system for a year, you know, with pins and needles to see if they can tuck you back in and bring the charges back off. Uh, no probation, $500 fine, pay us later in payments. Now, that's a deal that, oh, and we did it for free. So, people, if you want the benefits of something like that, when you get scooped up by the law and get dragged into the witch's court, then we participate in the phone campaign and help other people out as well because life is a two-way street, not a one-way street. Don't expect help and give none. Give, and you will receive. Does that, is that not the word of God, Daniel? <laughs> Yeah, amen. It's it's so true, man. Um, yes. You know, it's just uh, I'm glad to to know that there's some some groups and people out there advocating for um, individuals. You know, I, I um, we need more people in these group in this group, Daniel. We need more courtroom observers and more National Liberty Alliance members, and then we can really take this country back put the courts back on a common law standing, and where there's no victim, there's no crime. No more speeding tickets, no more property taxes, no more drug war. Right, absolutely. Um, You know, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Kent, uh, what was it, Kent Ham? No, not Kent Ham. Um, Kent Hovind? Yeah, we're following his case very closely in Florida. That's a very important case. I I suggest people stay very involved in that Kent Holbein case. He's a a pastor that was teaching uh, creation instead of evolution. He debated Bill Nye, the science guy, and beat him. Uh, And it was really, he was a really uh, kind of a, I don't want to use the word a character, but a real kind of a a very, you know, entertaining man of God, making his point for the Holy Spirit and doing it well. And they threw him in jail, and they're trying to put him in prison for life. And I suggest people follow that case very closely. I don't know how much information we have on his case at the National Liberty Alliance because he has not reached out to us yet. Specifically, we're waiting to hear from him. And people, if you need help, you need to call us. Don't sit there and flop in the wind yourself. And you can also participate by helping other people. So we're all working together as a giant cohesive unit, and we can all help each other when we have difficulties uh, in the witness court. Well, Eric, I have some information um, pertaining to the case. Today would be his uh, his retrial, and. Um, 
according to uh, sources uh, online, uh, so far they're going to dismiss all all the charges against Holvin. Oh, okay. Um, now, yes, we were just because we were just starting to get interested in this case, and last I heard, which was about 12 hours ago or yesterday, they had dropped three of the five charges. Now they're dropping all of them. That's awesome. Okay, so cool, great, so victory, beautiful. So do it, and I tell you, now, if you I get believe, up for your, if you I believe yourself, it. Yep. I believe it's all the charges, but I could be wrong. You said you said you heard three out of twelve. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think what I think I I think I've got it right. I think what I heard was was what you were what you were hearing, and what I heard from Gerard because we. We're 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 watching this case and we're going to be filing papers for Mr. Holbein, um, but I haven't spoken to him personally, so I just can't give you any information directly. But Gerard said, and Gerard, one of the chairman of the National Liberty Alliance, um, he said that they had dropped three out of the five charges, so that's good. But the one of the charges that was remaining could get him life in prison. Wow. Yeah, that's right. So listen, still, I'm hoping I'm hoping he's going to reach out to a little more strongly to us, so I can. But meanwhile, people, we got plenty of other people who are in need. We got Tammy Stroud. We got the Stephen Dean case is monumentally important. Stephen Dean was part of Jade Helm. You all realize that this military exercise that you're hearing all about all over the news was preceded on March 27th by an FBI takedown of a patriot named Stephen Dean, who was at the Bundy Ranch, who was a very strong patriot, member of several different groups, including the National Liberty Alliance. I had spoken to him on the phone multiple times. He had had a statutory felony in his past from long ago, a victimless crime, uh, and because he had a felony on his record, as soon as he touched a gun, he was in the sights of being arrested because possession of a firearm by a felon is a felony. And anybody convicted of a felony, even though it's wrong, they should be allowed to have a gun. Um, their government's going to come down on you if you have a felony in your past and they catch you handling a weapon. And you can possess something for one second. That's the def- I looked up the definition. So you don't have to own it. Um, but interestingly enough, in that case, the FBI also committed a felony by knowingly putting a firearm in the hand of Stephen Dean, because they knew he was a felon. So they're charging him with the statute that they're also guilty of. And that's why the sheriff of Utah County is believes that that FBI agent, Jewel Albertson, be arrested himself because he committed a felony by putting a gun in the hand of Stephen Dean. They knew Stephen was a felon. They took him to a shooting range undercover and said, hey, you want to take a few shots at that target? said, yeah, why not? He took two shots at the target at a shooting range in Hot Springs and then arrested him two months later on, on March 27th. So anyway, now in court, the federal prosecutor stated that we need to hold Stephen Dean without bail because he has no respect for government and he's a flight risk because of both that reason. Anybody can order the audio transcript from the 4th District Court of Judge Denson, D-E-N-S-O-N, just call the clerk and ask them to send you an audio recording of the Stephen Dean arraignment. And you'll hear they're holding him in jail right now for trial with no bail because he's a political, he's, he's he, he disagrees with the government. He's never hurt anybody. He's never took up arms against the government. He stood at the Bundy Ranch 
with Mr. Bundy, but that's not taking up arms against the government. That's protecting the guy's cattle from a, from invasion, which do I think we all agree that the people at the Bundy Ranch were lawful and they were patriots and they should be commended. So for that reason, or for going to a shooting range, a man should not be held to go to prison for 50 years, and 50 years in prison is the sentence that he could be facing. The Stephen Dean, a man who never hurt anybody in his life, strictly got scooped up on statutory charges if, he, if he's found guilty at trial. So we need to keep the public pressure up on his case, and if anybody thinks that that, that was separate from the Jade Helm military exercise, they're dreaming, because... Don't you think that any military before a martial law crackdown is going to use the federal police to stop all the marshals, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, to go take down all the patriots who might resist? They're absolutely going to do that, and I can guarantee you that was executed right at the beginning. That's when those exercises were just starting. And there he is, patriot takedown. Hold him with no bail because he is a patriot and he doesn't and he disagrees with the government. Uh, I got news for you, people. Mafia hitmen out in New York get bail, okay, when they're accused for murder. They might get half a million dollars or a million dollars. Rapists get $100,000 bail. People who rob banks get $250,000 bail. Why is Stephen Dean, who never did a violent act in his life, held without bail? Right now, in the Utah County Jail, in Utah, and in, in, I'm sorry, he was out of the Utah County Jail, uh, and that sheriff, Jim Tracy, is relatively talking like a constitutional sheriff, but I'm not sure. I believe he's being held in the Salt Lake County Jail, and uh, I'm going to throw that phone number out there because I can access it here in less than 10 seconds, Daniel. And the Utah County Jail number, I believe, well, I hope I can find this quick, uh, it might take me some time. If people go to the National Liberty Alliance.org, Courtroom Observers Group, you'll find the information on where Steve is. He's being held at the Salt Lake County Jail in Utah. And they're holding him without bail because he's a political prisoner. Now think about that. We have reached the level of China. They're holding a patriot as a political prisoner. They said so at the arraignment. The magistrate, Judge Keed, or Magistrate Peed, P-E-A-D, agrees that Stephen Dean should be held because he disagrees with the government and he's a flight risk because of that. Because of that. You know, and so it's absurd. And so I highly encourage people to make the phone calls. It makes a difference. Call the judge. The information's all up on the Internet on Stephen Dean at the NLA, National Liberty Alliance.org. Stay involved, people, because when it happens to you, you're going to really wish you had those 500 people or those 1,000 people calling on your behalf, bringing the public spotlight to your, uh, to your case, and they're not going to get away with, you know, you know, having you conveniently, you know, die in prison from hanging yourself in your jail cell or some gang member sticking a knife in your wrist. So public pressure is essential, along with proper paperwork, which you can learn how to do at the National Liberty Alliance. So you've got to file good paperwork, and you got to have people with you. With that two-prong, you know, two-prong approach, you can really get, you can either win your case completely or have a 95% victory, you know, just walk away with a teeny little fine and nothing else. So it, it, we've had right. some very good successes. We're hoping that Stephen Dean's going to be released in the very near future. And if enough people call on his behalf, they'll have to do it. They'll have to release him. He's a Native American Indian. He's never heard a person in his life. He's being absolutely abused, just like Tammy Stroud, our friend in Connecticut, 
uh, who I encourage people to call on her behalf as well. And her information is up there, too, at the National Liberty Alliance.org. Right. Hey, um, Eric, you know, I just wanted to, uh, you know, bring some attention. Uh, I believe the show is about to end here. Very good. But um, anyways, it looks like the clock's still ticking, but I wanted to bring some attention to what's going on with our particular group, actually. Oh, that's it. Still there? <laughs> 